0: At the beginning, it was just chaos, then it became information, then it became uh, perception, then it became a sense. So then it, I started having feelings for color. So I guess also when you it, it becomes part of your memories, then it becomes more related to feelings the antenna has changed my sense of identity so i i feel that i am technology i feel i don't feel that i'm using technology that's my sense of identity has changed because i feel no difference between software and brain or antenna and body so this has is a big change also experiencing the separation between body and senses so the fact that my sense can be sense of color can be far away from my body is a profound experience. Um, I am choosing to receive colors from unknown people. So so now I've sold my connection to my head in the form of an NFT, so strangers can send colors to my head. And that's um a volunt, I'm voluntarily allowing others to alter my perception of color.
1: So Neil Harbison, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to this conversation. So I guess let's just start with the obvious. You are a cyborg. You're the world's first cyborg, and you've got an antenna in your head right it's it's a part of you now so i guess can you just tell us what what the antenna does and sort of how it how it's a part of you
0: well the antenna allows me to sense the vibrations of color from infrared to ultraviolet so i feel and i hear the vibrations of color and then i have internet connection as well so i can receive colors from the internet and this allows me to connect to ex- external sensors like hmm just other sensors, and then sense colors that are not in front of me. But this includes also satellites, so then I can sense colors from space, not only from Earth. And I see this as a new organ and a new sense.
1: Especially when, when you were doing it in 2004, um, there wasn't any guarantees that this would work. You know, um, So I guess I'm, I'm curious about like what... On the one hand, what was the process of sort of technological development? And on the other hand, what was your sort of personal emotional process of deciding you wanted to go ahead with this procedure and and give it a go even though there are absolutely no no guarantees?
0: Well, I did this as an art project and it was meant to be just uh, an experiment for me, for my music degree. So it was an art experiment that I did, and then I liked it so much that I decided to explore merging the system with my own body, with my head basically. And so it became not only an art project, but a life project. And then the sense of color slowly became integrated, but it wasn't uh, a fast process. It took years for my brain to accept this stimuli Mm -hmm. at the beginning it was refusing it in in many ways like headaches isolation confusion but then i decided not to remove the system uh, and to insist so that the brain would um surrender and then it it finally accepted that this would be the new reality and then it slowly accepted it as a new sense Mm. but it was a maybe a three-year process altogether yeah
1: and did you have moments of doubt there where you were sort of wondering like what what the hell am I doing is this ever going to work or did you always sort of have faith that somehow it would work out
0: well I was maybe a bit worried about the Unknown secondary effects. This could have a completely unexpected secondary effect, psychological maybe, and then also physical. The body could get infected, like infections or rejection, body rejection of the materials. That's one risk. And the other risk is that my brain might. Mm, Um, I might, I could psychologically have other psychological, I don't know, effects. So that was the two risks. But I was um, aware of the two possible, I think these were the two possible risks, basically.
1: And did you experience any side effects?
0: Uh, Well, yes, the... Normal sounds became color, so that wasn't planned. The aim was to transform colors into sounds, but then my brain started to transform sounds into color as well. So that was a secondary effect that uh, was not planned. so so when it, so that
1: means it turned them from one type of vibration to another, basically.
0: So the antenna transforms color to sound. And then, but what my brain did afterwards was that transformed sounds into color.
1: Right, but, but color for you means vibration, right? So yes. it's, it's transposing one form of vibration into another another form.
0: So It's like, yes, transforming uh, acoustic sounds into, because I sense color as a, um pure wave like a sino- like an electronic wave so when i hear um normal sounds my brain transforms them into sine waves
1: so to- what what is that it's just like a simpler less nuanced sound or like what what does that mean
0: it's difficult to describe like it started happening with uh, like, you know the, when you click to two glasses, you have a cling. that sound I heard it as an electronic sound, whereas it, it was not electronic, but my brain would clean or fix the sound and transform it into electronic sound, because I'm, I'm hearing electronic sounds all the time. So my brain is hearing color all the time. So when uh, dirty sounds or acoustic sounds entered through my ears, my brain would electronic sine waves. And it started happening with only some some, uh, sounds that I would hear the acoustic, and then the, like, the, the clean, the, I have no name yet for this uh, effect, but that's what started happening, and then it started happening with music, I would hear music, and then I would feel a very, uh, dom- the dominant frequency of the music would become a color, and then with voices, so then it started, all sound would be, sounds around me are being, transformed into sine waves. I hear both the acoustic and the cleaning, the, the um, uh, I don't know how to call it. The, um,
1: yeah, the, the cleaner version of it, uh, the simplified yeah, version. Yeah, like
0: simplified and yes, yeah, simplified into one frequency.
1: And, and does that affect your, your experience of, I mean, obviously it affects your experience of music. Does it affect, affect your enjoyment of music or your, your understanding of, of spoken language?
0: Yes, so I enjoyed. I started enjoying more this secondary effect than actually hearing the colors because it, it changed my perception of music and voice. So I I started painting the colors that I would hear in music and in, in voices. So I started creating color scores.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen some of those paintings where you do a painting of like a, a speech or or a song and yes, just these, a...
0: So yeah these are not created by the antenna but by the secondary effect of the antenna which is that hearing color made sounds transform sounds into color as well which was which was not planned basically so that was the secondary effect and then Other secondary effects are just uh, headaches. Well, antenna aches, I call them. It's this type of feeling, feeling the antenna. Sometimes I feel the antenna in a certain way and I call it antenna ache. And that's all. And then the secondary effect as well is social reaction, which is also a strong part of the whole... Project is a social reaction of seeing someone with an antenna. That's a, a kind of a secondary effect, but it's more of a social effect. Yeah, and even, even apart
1: from the people who see you, I imagine, I imagine there are many people who find what you've done very controversial, challenging. Uh, you're playing with evolution. You're playing God. Have you gotten a lot of uh, sort of feedback in, in terms of yeah, controversy, upset? Like, what's... What's the sort of public reception you, you get?
0: There's a wide range, all types, from one extreme to the other, from extreme hate and death threats to the opposite, like, um, yes, like people who are really. Maybe too much. They find it too, even more than than I, they, it's too much. Maybe so. It's both reactions. And in the street, you can find extreme reactions. in 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 a few minutes, in a couple of minutes, you can find two types of people that are very different. Or people who have no idea of what it is, and then they just find it funny because they they see someone with an antenna or ridiculous or just make fun. Or you can. All types of reaction, there's, uh, it's been daily interaction with people since 2004. So I've, I've, I think I've already experienced all types of reaction.
1: OK, well, so when you say the, the vibrations of colors, it's there's some sort of translation mechanism, right? It says red is this vibration, yellow is this vibration. Like how, does, how does that work?
0: well color itself has a vibration so red for example has a frequency of 420 millions of millions of waves per second that's the vibration of the 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 frequency of red okay so if we could hear this frequency it would be a microtone between f and f sharp because if we could hear 420 millions of millions of waves per second that would be a note between f and F sharp, and that's the note that I hear. And then orange is a bit higher, yellow is a bit higher. So that's the relationship between color and sound is a physical transposition of light frequencies to sound frequencies.
1: OK, Okay. and then I mean, the, the camera, just looking at it, it's, it's very small. Is it What kind of
0: area is it capturing? It's not a camera, it's, this is a fiber optic So this is picking up the dominant color in front of me, and then it sends the dominant color to a chip in my skull. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the transposition happens from light frequency to a physical transposition in my bone that becomes a sound. So I feel the vibrations of the color and I hear them.
1: And so you can differentiate between the vibration from the back of your head and the vibration from what we normally consider sound coming into your ears.
0: Yeah, because it's a different type of input sound. This is air conduction Mm -hmm. and this is bone conduction. So it's a different type of feeling. Yes. If if I was deaf, I would still be able to hear color or feel color because it goes through the bone. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you look at a a landscape, say, I don't know, blue sky, green fields, and whatever like it'll it'll choose one color that's dominant and give you that note and then if you move the antenna a bit it it might choose a different color and play a different note or is it if it's if it's like a natural scene like that would it be giving you lots of different vibrations at the same time or how how does that work
0: it doesn't choose it just detects the dominant color so the dominant color keeps changing depending on where i look Mm So it detects the dominant color, and that's the one I hear. Okay. okay.
1: And you you were born without seeing color, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so, what is that? How do I phrase this? Like, do you have a, an internal sense of what green looks like or what blue looks like? Or is it is it just what it sounds like to you? Or like, what is your experience of... What I might call green for example.
0: So to me green is a frequency mm-hmm. that bounces around us and then it enters your eyes and then you call it green and in my case it enters the vibration enters my antenna and I call it green so it's a frequency a vibration mm-hmm. um, and then there's different types of vibrations. so I see this energy that is Constantly bouncing off from objects. Yeah. And green, for example, is, a neut- is more in the middle of the spectrum. So it's a, it's a middle, in the middle, a very neutral color.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not so- high frequencies, not low frequencies, it's in the middle. So green is a very neutral energy.
1: And so you're you're sort of visualizing the energy energy fields of of different objects connected to their color.
0: i don't I don't need to visualize it. I just perceive it as a I perceive it as a as an energy, but not necessarily I don't need I'm not focusing only on on the sense of sight mm-hmm. because it's it's more of a energy basically that i feel the energy and then you can either associate it to a sound or an image but it's basically a frequency an energy that that bounces Mm a light
1: Mm -hmm. so I'm, i'm just i i know obviously i don't have this sense so it's it's basically impossible to understand but i'm trying to get as as close to understanding as i can um so when i when i think of like A sound right i sort of replay that sound in my head when i think of a color i sort of have almost like an internal projection of that color of of an image in my head do you have some sort of internal experience of that that frequency that vibration like if if you say okay uh, imagine a green hill or you know blue ocean or whatever it is you do you sort of experience um yeah, a series of like vibrational frequencies or what? It, what is it that, that you experience to sort of call that up in, inside?
0: Um, yeah, I see object, I imagine objects or elements that have the vibration of the color. Yes, and mm-hmm. I hear the color if I imagine. So in my dreams, I, I imagine or see, hear um, color hmm. Hmm. but yeah you can't I mean I don't usually I relate the vibration of the color to something I've experienced like a, an orange or a, someone's eyes or the a tree or a flower so um, uh, I don't know passport that has a very frequent uh, the Color of a passport. I don't know. It's uh, usually I associate the vibration to something I've experienced.
1: Yeah. And you've you've had this antenna now since two thousand four. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And was there sort of a, a learning curve for you in terms of uh, interpreting? Oh, oh yeah, that one's red. Oh yeah, that that. vibrations blue or is it from the beginning was it sort of intuitive and
0: you understood or what what was that process like um yeah i learned the names of the colors that's maybe something so one thing is to associate vibrations with objects and then the other thing is to give the names that most people give to these vibrations Mm -hmm. so it was a learn like I, I used cards to to give the same names that most people give to the vibrations and then I learned them, yes. Mm-hmm. But then there was a point that I was sensing colors that had no uh, consensus or no not everyone would give the same name to the same vibration, like many turquoise's many people call them green others blue some people uh call an, an object red when it's actually orange so in the end it's giving names to color wasn't really i mean if just to generalize it's useful but it's not very uh practical i don't know how to say it. most of the colors i sense have no specific name because also i sense most of them are infrared now and ultraviolets which most of people don't sense so I, they they don't have names either so yeah
1: yeah
0: um i just even more than giving them names i just put them in a scale yeah i position them in a in a in a in a in my mind in a specific order Mm-hmm. And then when I sense a color, more than thinking of the name, I think of where they where they are in the spectrum. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, so if when you're sensing infrared, for example, does that help you sort of navigate around the world? Or is it just kind of confusing because there's infrared coming from everywhere and you don't even really know where it's coming from? And is it, I mean, is it is it useful information to you? Is there is it actionable? Or are there things you can do based on it, or it's just sort of like walking through a room and smelling different smells, and, and that's it.
0: Well, yeah, it depends on the the infrared. But there's infrareds that allow me to know that there's movement detectors in a space. Mm-hmm. Or that um, others that's, and other infrareds are more mysterious that I, I don't have no idea where they're coming from. And some people sometimes emit infrared as well. Really or bounce infrared.
1: Huh. Wow. And and do you have an experience of of beauty with,
0: with these vibrations? Beauty like it depends because I um, the sense of beauty in my case keeps changing. And um, for example, my favorite color has changed since mm-hmm. I've been sensing colors because my preferences maybe change or my interests change. Uh, and maybe color combinations to me are more interesting now than before. But I would I don't know if that's beauty. Beauty, mm. I think maybe it's a combination of all the senses and a situation as well. Yeah. So it's difficult. To, um...
1: I mean, maybe, maybe apart from beauty to do these vibrations create a sort of emotional response for you? It could be, you know, do, do the same way that, oh no, I don't I keep thinking of, of smell. Sorry about the background noise. There's, yeah, like I said, I'm in a bar. Um, but uh, smell for, for me and for many people has a very close connection with, with sort of emotional centers. And the smell of coffee can elicit certain emotions or the smell of the food your grandmother used to make or whatever um and then sometimes seeing yeah a certain scene or hearing a certain song can also have sort of emotional connotation so I guess I'm just wondering if this this other sense that you have it's also sort of added into that mix of is it part of your emotional life or is it just sort of interesting
0: no it's part of my emotional life as well yes mm. yes <laughs> I have to at the beginning it was just chaos then it became information then it became uh, perception then it became a sense so then it i started having feelings for color so i guess also when you it it becomes part of your memories then it becomes more related to feelings so if you a color might remind me of a situation or of someone, so that can alter my feelings for colors.
1: Okay. So I mean, it's it's basically it's a it's a fully integrated sense for you. It's yeah, you know, like sight, like smell, like anything else. Yeah. So so you you said this is an art project. Or at least it started out as one, right? But I think, you know, in in some ways, a lot of people see this as sort of a preview of of what's probably coming, right? Not necessarily with specifically with an antenna, but some form of biological technological interface, you know, and, and with the development of AI and, uh, you know, g- gene therapy and, you know, on, on many different fronts, it seems like we're, we're moving in this direction collectively. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm curious about your perspective on that. Like, do you see yourself sort of at the forefront of a movement where you wanna distance yourself from that? Or what, what is your position there?
0: I see myself as part of an art movement. Um, and I see this as an art where you can create your own senses and your own body parts. And then this can literally um, change your perception of reality, which arts aim in many ways. So it's I see it as an art, but then in the future, there might be some, people merging with technology who might find this project and other similar projects as a, as, a, as, a, I don't know, as a, an example of, 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 of other possible ways of merging with technology. But I think the future will be much more complex. And there will be many different futures coexisting together, we won't be all doing the same in the future. This, I think it will be much more diverse. There will be different types of existences and different types of realities. So I think I don't think that uh, there's a, I don't know, I don't know. I think I, I, I don't generally think about the future because i see many different futures and so uh, maybe for some what i'm doing will be seen as something from the past that some people were doing at the beginning of the century some people might use it to do something in the future but it, i don't see i don't see the um, a simplified um, chronology I don't see it as simple as the, it's easier to look at the past and see that how things evolve, but I think evolution is becoming diversified and it's not that what we are now doing is what everyone will maybe will be doing in, I don't think it's, I think. Um, the future will be much more. So. Yeah,
1: right. I, I, i i agree but I, I think that in and of itself is has ethical or philosophical implications right it's like what what you're doing essentially is is in, in a small way you know at least compared to what's probably going to come you're sort of taking the reins with evolution and you're saying look i'm i'm now a cyborg i'm no no longer 100 percent human i am a new species right and that's the first time as far as we know in the history of the world, the universe, that a living being has been able to consciously direct its evolution. Right. It's always been in response to outside forces, competition, natural environment, et cetera. And now we're at a stage, at the beginning stages of being able to say, no, I want to be able to see this way, feel that way, communicate that way. Right. And so so that to me is is potentially really profound because it gives it gives us a new level of responsibility that we've never had. Right. And so, so in your case where it's, um, it's perceptual and it's, it's personal, right. It, it's, I, I agree. It doesn't necessarily sort of put pressure on, on those issues directly, but with the fact that you're connected to the internet, you know, that's, that opens up to me a new, a new sort of realm where like you can be hacked, right. You have been hacked. Right? And so that is, that's new. Right. I mean, yeah, my phone can be hacked. My computer can be hacked, but my brain currently can't be hacked. You know, and so, so I, that to me is really—it's new territory, and it's something that, as a, as a culture, as a species, I think we aren't really very well prepared to to really understand. We don't we don't know what that means. Potentially, I, I imagine you could be at a point where you're perceiving things and you don't know where that perception is coming from. If that's a friend sending you a message, if that's from outer space, if that's from what's in front of you, is that disorienting? Is that?
0: Um, It is, yes. But but if it's voluntary disorientation, then it maybe needs to be called differently. I
1: mean could you do this this phone call through yes, through your internet?
0: Wow. Anything that can be sent through Bluetooth, so it can be sent to my head, so it can be anything. Mm, phone calls, images, videos, or just the vibration, direct vibration of, of color. Cause International Space Station has a live feed. That you can connect to. So I connect my antenna to the live feed of of International Space Station. So then I can sense colors from space. I am choosing to receive colors from unknown people. So so now I've sold my connection to my head in the form of an NFT, so strangers can send colors to my head. And that's um a volunt I'm voluntarily allowing others to alter my perception of color. So it's orientated to to happen like this. So maybe disorientation is it's just unexpected. I guess uh, I'm allowing my perception of color to be um, altered
1: but so, so if you're looking at, oh, we'll just go back to the idea of the landscape, right? You're you're looking at a a, a green hill uh, or what you think must be a green hill, but all of a sudden you get, you know, orange, red, ultraviolet shades. You don't have a way of knowing if that's from one of your NFT friends or if that's from the environment, if that's from some kind of motion detector that just got turned on. It's It's the internally you don't, you don't have a way to filter what's coming from the environment immediately in front of you or what's coming in over the
0: internet you you broke a bit but i i think i understood the question but i can tell the difference if it's coming from the internet or if it's in front of me because by just moving my head i can tell if it if the colors in front of me are connected or not to what i'm sensing so if I'm sensing colors and these colors keep changing and there's no change in front of me. It's coming from the internet. If I'm moving my head and the color is not changing, it's the the internet. It's coming from the internet. So I can tell the difference between both realities because by simply moving my head slightly.
1: And how, how often are you receiving colors from the internet? Like, is this... Like once a day? Is it constantly? I mean, I, I guess I, I don't have a sense of the, the sort of scope of this, this interaction that you have.
0: So I can receive calls from the internet in two ways. I can decide to connect to the internet and then I can connect to NASA's International Space Station or wherever. And the other one is the one that I, can, I have no control on, which is the NFT. And this is now controlled by Someone else who has the NFT and he's he doesn't send many colors to my head. You know, at the beginning, he did quite often, every day. But now, maybe every two weeks, something like this, he sends uh, or connects for a while.
1: And, and you know, you're like, oh, oh there he is again. He's, he's sending me colors. Or is it kind of like, oh my God, what's going on? And then you have to think about it to, to realize
0: no i know and but sometimes if i'm asleep it this interferes with my dream so this person can alter my dreams because if you send colors to my head when i'm sleeping you can either wake me up or you can start coloring my dream in a way and if i wake up and i remember the dream and i realize that there was something unusual in the dream i can check if this if i had any color sent to my head and if it coincides then i I know that my dream was altered by this person or colored by this person, but yet sometimes i've I've been woken up by color
1: oh that's that's wild that's really wild you know and that that to me puts pressure on exactly what honestly, what worries me about the development of this technology, because as, as soon as we are connected to one another and we have some form of implant, you know, whether from Neuralink or, or someone else, it's like, it seems like we're, we're almost like made schizophrenic in a way. Like if I don't know where my thoughts are coming from, I don't know where my emotions are coming from. I mean, it's, uh, So I work as a therapist, right? And I I spend a lot of time trying to help people figure out where their thoughts and emotions come from. And I spend quite a lot of time trying to figure that out for myself as well. It's like all of a sudden, we haven't even mastered that on an individual level. But if all of a sudden we complicate that exponentially, we uh, open ourselves up to being hacked, you know, can be friendly actors or malicious actors, putting all kinds of things into our system. Like that seems like a recipe for, for chaos, like very profound chaos on a on a mass scale, you know? And, and I, I understand like, yeah, the technology, we aren't there yet and there will be, I mean, I assume there will be some sort of measures to try and mitigate that or help us to sort out what's from the inside, what's from the outside. But that just seems like a, a Pandora's box to me of just, yeah, an incredible unknown realm that could could really... Rip us wide open as as a society.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean there's, there's uh, strong risks for sure, yes. Because um, I only had one phone call in my head, one. I, I mean, I'm using this system just for color. but if I used this for other uh reasons like phone calls. I think I would, this is, uh, it's, it's a risk, yes. I did the fir- first and only connection was with uh, Ruby Wax, she called my head. It's a a, a well-known woman from England. She's, but it was the, mo- I was living at her house and then we did the test and then she was the one who called my head and her voice was in my head. So it's, it, you would move your head and then you would, the her voice didn't come from a direction; it came from inside, and this was um, very strange. And then I, she couldn't hear my reply because I don't have a microphone. So, i I would just hear her talk in my head, and it was, it was actually funny, but it was also very serious because it's it 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 could make you feel that it it was you who was thinking or if the thought and yeah because it's, it's uh, when sound comes from inside because in my case color is born inside the sound of color happens inside it doesn't come from outside so it it's difficult to find the line between imagination and reality, I guess.
1: Do you, do you have any experience with, with psychedelics or any altered states of consciousness? Yes. And how, how would you compare that, that sensation, that, that feeling of not knowing what's from the inside, what's from the outside, what's yours, what's not?
0: Well, I guess in my case... Uh... I think psychedelics made more of a union between my. I felt that my senses were more aware and united, but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe there is a similarity that in some cases, I wasn't sure if what I was hearing and seeing was real or I was imagining it or I was seeing things in a better way as it's, I think yes it has a similarity but but the thing with cybernetics is that it's much more controlled you know exactly what you are creating i know i know that that um the system how it works basically so i guess i know that i might receive the colors from somewhere else so i'm i'm prepared whereas with chemicals the reaction can be much more unexpected i think with when you merge your body with chemicals, it can have many more reactions. And I think with merging with cybernetics is much more controlled. But yeah, internet is open to to other to being hacked, and then that's then it has no control. So definitely, I could be hacked, and I maybe I wouldn't know that I'm being hacked, and then this person could change my perception of life and. I don't know, it could change, all alter my perception of color or it could, but I can also do it to myself. I could, if I want, my life could have no pink, for example. I could uh, remove pink from the system and then my life would never have pink or any other color that I don't want in my life. I could just remove it from the system and then I would never sense certain colors or I could... Yeah, you can alter your perception of reality, and, but in a much more controlled way. And with psychedelics, my reactions were unexpected. I guess my reality was changing in unexpected ways. And it had a lot of, it really depended on, on who I was with. Also the people I was with altered a lot my perception. I think.
1: And has your perception of yourself changed as you sort of as you've become a cyborg? Like, do you do you think of yourself differently? Do you experience life differently? Do you experience yourself differently? What is what is that like?
0: Um. Yes, the antenna has changed my sense of identity. So I I feel that I am technology I feel I don't feel that I'm using technology that's my sense of identity has changed because I feel no difference between software and brain or antenna and body so this has is a big change also experiencing the separation between body and senses so the fact that my sense can be sense of color can be far away from my body is a profound self-experience um, so yes it has changed the way I not only the way I sense my surroundings but the way I sense my self yeah
1: and for, for people listening who are trying to do a sort of cost benefit analysis of right like okay so I can perceive a wider range of colors maybe or you know somehow enhance my sensory perception um but then potentially open myself up to being hacked like what what is the payoff for you like why why do this
0: well i i find the repetition i'm living every day with the same sensory system is a repetition or um actually goes less through the years. The older you get, the less you sense. So there's ways of changing this and I like to think that my reality will be more, um, I mean, my perception will be better the older I get. I mean, there's ways of adding layers of perception with cybernetics, and I like this. Um, It's like revealing parts of reality that exist, but that we cannot sense physically. So I like revealing elements, not only color, but I also have an implant here to sense the magnetic north, for example. And I'm also experiencing, sensing the rotation of the planet around my head. So it's different projects related to not creating virtual realities, but revealing realities that already exist, like infrareds, ultraviolets so i enjoy um, doing this and thinking that i can add new perceptions in the future so it's different ways of exploring reality uh, the
1: the you have it is it in your head that it's like a a point of heat that gives you a, a sense of of time yeah. so I, I i guess i saw an interview those a few years ago where you i think it was it was New or you were contemplating getting it but now i mean you've had it for a while now right and and your your vision was to to keep it regular to give you sort of an entrained sense of quote-unquote normal passage of time so that you could then play with that and say okay i want this day to feel longer i want this day to feel shorter have have you gotten to that point
0: no no i've had many problems with it so um no i'm still not at the point of creating time illusions
1: no with magnetic north have you been able to like just have a better sense of direction know where home is that type of thing i mean like uh a lot of animals have this right and arguably people do i mean it's controversial um but you know there's examples of like uh polynesian islanders who can navigate uh, incredibly well and you know there are theories that that as humans we have this capacity that most of us just aren't aren't connected to it. Um and that it's you know an essential part of of navigation for for at least some humans and for for various species of animals. So I guess I'm curious has that like what has your experience been with that that perception of magnetic north?
0: So your question broke a lot. I only (laughs) but it's magnetic north. Um I didn't do this the magnetic north to know how to go home i did just to sense magnetic north to me sensing magnetic north is a reason a strong enough reason to have it just to sense the magnetic north to sense something that um i physically can't feel which is sensing the pole which is actually moving as well it's not sensing the north pole but sensing the magnetic north which is not always in the same place so uh, the aim was just to sense the magnetic north for no other reason
1: And, and have you experimented with trying to sense sort of internal signals more rather than Focused on the outside world, so I'm thinking of like like biofeedback, be, maybe having a greater awareness of I don't know your heart rate, your, um, your your breathing, uh, your blood pressure, all kinds of sort of internal markers. Have you experimented with that at all?
0: No, I haven't. No, I've always been more interested in revealing uh, natural elements than my own, but. Yeah, maybe maybe I will. I mean, for example, sense of balance is, an int- is something that interests me, my own sense of balance. I don't want to fall when I'm old. So maybe creating a better sense of balance would um, allow me to not fall.
1: Yeah, I think t- to me, it seems like a really rich area for exploration because it's, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways in which physical health and mental health seem to be tied to our perception of ourselves, our ability to, to perceive our internal processes. Right. And it's, it's unclear where the causality lies, like if, if you're more psychologically balanced, maybe you're just more perceptive, but it seems like it also works the other way around. So when people are more aware of their, their heart rate, for example, that's, there's a very high correlation between that and emotional stability, right? And um, you know, a, a lot of the work I do as, as a therapist is, is working with what's called interoception, right? the ability to perceive internal processes. And from perception, you can then go to modulation of them right so there's very clear examples Mm -hmm. with with body temperature where you know people can can raise and lower their body temperatures that can withstand very cold temperatures or very hot temperatures Um, and then there's there's sort of more esoteric realms um which is explored a lot in different forms of buddhism different forms of meditation tantric practices with you know the way it's described as moving your your inner energy your your chi or your your life force right and as far as i know there isn't a good scientific understanding of you know what that is but but it does seem very well established that by becoming more aware of internal processes we can begin to control them in ways that to most of us seem superhuman you know mm. so, and that's i that's that's just something that i'm i'm very focused on i've never looked at it through the lens of technology but it's that is sort of the one realm where i think i, I could get really excited about a sort of a technological aid to, to helping me sort of perceive those internal processes. You're, you're part of a community, right? Uh, based, based in Barcelona that, I mean, it's people who they're cyborgs, they're experimenting with this, developing their own sort of technology, getting their implants. Do, do you know anyone who's, who's focused on internal perception? In
0: yes. Paul Lombardi, he's, He's doing work of arts with his heartbeats. So he, he connects, he, he has electrodes and then he, he, he shares his heartbeats to the world with a light here. So people can see his heartbeat. He also sends his heartbeats to the internet uh, permanently. And then he does artworks with this, like clocks that go faster or slower, depending on his heartbeat lights that go on and off. Um, He also sold access to his heartbeat in the form of an NFT as well. So you can buy his heartbeats basically or access his heart rate by buying these NFTs. So you can see live, his life. So he's sharing his heartbeats in a very mm, public way. And then this has altered the way he, he, about his heartbeats he he's very conscious about his heartbeats
1: yeah no, that's interesting that's interesting yeah there, i mean i think it was in the 70s people started experimenting with with biofeedback systems of having yeah, some sort of visual representation of your heartbeat just so you can you know basically you teach yourself to to calm down or to, mm. to energize yourself and, and by having that that visual representation you sort of train your your body mind system to to gain greater control over it. Now, you you said something uh, that that really interested me in terms of your your vision of this, which is that you know as, as a species, we, we've traditionally been or at least most of us have been dedicated to transforming the outside environment, right? If if we're cold, we'll build a house. Uh, if we're still cold, we'll you know light a fire, uh, turn on the heat. Um, you know, basically we're, we're the only species that at least to this degree, rather than waiting for evolution to allow us to, you know, grow for stronger muscles, we take active control over the environment and, and sort of force it into, uh, a mold that that's amenable to, to our needs. Right. And, and, uh, you, you have described what you're doing as, as a possible another path, right? So rather than transforming the world what if we just transformed ourselves so like instead of turning on lights all night and having you know headlights on our cars what if we just all had night vision or rather than turning on air conditioning what if we had some sort of thermoregulation system sort of implanted within our body okay. i guess I'm, I'm curious if you've sort of made any more headway with that line of thinking if if there's any sort of movement in that that area if you know anyone who's working on any of this
0: Um, no, no, it's all, uh, hopefully this, this would, uh, be the, the projects that would, um, become mainstream maybe in the future, which are implants that actually make a huge impact in the way we are, uh, no, all the projects that I can think of are W- wouldn't have a huge impact in society. No, I don't think they would, in a way, no. I think that the question was if if, if, uh, if we've done any of these projects, you mean, or... Yeah, yeah, if that's... Night ...vision and body, body, night vision and thermal regulation, yeah. I mean, it
1: could be that specifically, or or just anything stemming from that sort of philosophical motivation, right? Of rather than changing the world and and basically destroying it in the process, which is what most of us are doing, what if we just changed ourselves? Right. And and seeing that as, as a possible way. I mean, that has uh, you know, incredible socio, political, environmental biological implications. If we were able to do that, we could potentially have a huge impact on, on global warming, on you know, on all kinds of things, on all kinds of ways that we currently negatively impact the
0: world. Hmm. Yeah, no, the night vision, I know there's someone who tried uh, with um, some kind of um, eye drops, and then he was able to see better at night but it wasn't didn't last long I think but apart from this I think it we need to wait for genetic modification in order to do it properly because now everything that we most is just technology merged with the body and that's not very not as effective as actually being able to Genetically modify our sight so that we can see at night, and I think most people are just waiting for this and skipping the the part of merging with technology because it's very raw and rough. Uh, it's not very clean and beautiful. It's not. It's not. Uh, this is not very not as good as actually changing genetically yourself or adding new organs by 3d printing them with your own dna that's much bio but much, much more biocompatible so if we wait a few decades maybe we can then this can start happening and then it will be maybe more effective as well but i, I, I don't know.
1: Do you see that as sort of the logical extension of what you're doing now is genetic modification and sort of custom ordering your your body or your mind?
0: Well, I think that merging with with wire and chips is not the future. Definitely not, yes. It's the, the present and the past, but the future is... Adding new organs that are with our own DNA, so organic organs, and adding new senses by genetically modifying ourselves, not by adding chips. Yeah, I think that's the the much better, so that we are organic, but with new senses and new organs. Yeah, I had a really
1: interesting series of conversations with, uh, he's a researcher and inventor, uh, Dr. Michael Levin out of, out of the U S and he has a really interesting perspective on the sort of continuity between biological and technological systems and the way that we're all operating according to the same sort of electrical principles. And so he's been experimenting with, with rather than genetic modification, through sort of modulation of, of bioelectrical impulses changing the way those those genes are expressed so so he can like uh i mean he can make two-headed worms for example or he can make the worm grow ahead of another species of worm or he can give a tadpole an eye a fully functional eye on its back you know not through actually editing genes but through playing with the bioelectrical impulses uh, with, on a cellular level Right. And so, so the, the sort of, I hope I'm doing justice to his vision. I, I think I am The the future he seems to be envisioning is one in which there is no clear line between biology and technology. And it, yeah, as, as you say, a very diverse set of beings with a diverse set of perceptions and uh, diverse forms of communication where, where, yeah, they're really, is no clear dividing line between what's been designed and what's been evolved. And I guess it's on the one hand that seems to me yeah very interesting potentially very exciting but also potentially very scary as well because those types of changes are you know irreversible or at least you know not not easily reversible and will inevitably have all kinds of unintended consequences. You know, In the same way you said uh, having the, the phone conversation was sort of shocking, and you've only done it once. It's like once, once you've decided you want internet connectivity in your head, like it's unclear, A, what the implications of that are, and B, whether you can backtrack from that. Like It might be a one-way street. We don't really know.
0: Yeah. But it's also scary and irreversible, almost what what we're doing to Earth. So it's, I think it's more logical that we experiment with us, not with Earth. And and in a way, if these experiments allow us to to see at night or to regulate our own temperature, then I think it's worth worth it. I think it's. That we need to, to change. If we want to continue living in this planet in the way we are living, we need to change because uh, otherwise uh, we will disappear and the earth will be destroyed uh, as we have already. So I think the changes that we need to change and we need to think of ways of adding senses and organs that allow us to adapt ourselves to this planet in a in a better way, not in a way that changes the planet. yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense makes sense I guess i I can see potential disaster and potential salvation and from both paths you know um i guess on on a personal level i'm sort of um i guess i've accepted the the extreme likelihood that we as a species will not continue and life will be very very different on this planet if it still exists um in the next you know 100 years thousand years i don't know um but it's, yeah, it seems clear to me that the sort of emotional attachment to our current way of doing things is, is unsustainable, right? Things are going to change in a major way, maybe from, you know, from nuclear war, from global warming, from us all becoming cyborgs, and, you know, uh, just basically batteries for some super intelligent AI that's enslaved us, like who knows what's going to happen, but, but it seems very clear that we're, we're on the verge of some some major changes as as a species, and and there, I mean, I my hope isn't I don't think we can change that. My hope is that maybe uh, we can sort of nudge it in a in a slightly more positive direction um, by doing things like what you're doing, experimenting and, and being open to having these conversations and thinking critically about what we're doing and, and how we can do it better.
0: Hmm
1: is, is that, is that a a focus of yours at all? I mean, are you, I mean, I I know you give sort of private talks and, and have, you know, pretty, pretty active life in, in, in terms of explaining what you do and and how you perceive the world and things is, is some aspect of that, is it ethical? Is it trying to make the world a better place? Uh, or like, how, how do you, how do you perceive the, the ethical side of all of this?
0: Um, of of the ethical part of of merging with technology or with uh, of
1: yeah yeah I guess I guess if I mean maybe you're an accidental spokesman but I think you are a spokesman for that that impulse to merge with technology and and direct evolution as as we best see fit you know and and i guess yeah i'm i'm just curious what your perspective is on the the implications of that for beyond you know perceiving different aspects of of the natural world how do you see that as a Know, as a, a movement for us, as a as a species,
0: um, the thing is that I I I I think I see all this as an an art, what I'm doing, and then it has some social consequences, and then maybe some people think too much, and they focus on on what might happen or what might not happen. And then sometimes if you think too much, it stops you from experimenting. And I think I don't focus so much on on thinking what might happen in a hundred years. It's more of what can we do now and now, now we can, open up our senses and by sensing more our surroundings maybe this allows us to reconnect with nature because I feel that now we are disconnected to nature in many ways. So adding new senses can allow us to reconnect with nature and also to reconnect with other species because I feel we've isolated ourselves from other species in in many ways. So adding senses that other species have will also allow us to reconnect with other species. And by doing this, by feeling a closer connection to nature and to other species, and this is what might change the way we behave and treat currently treat nature uh, by feeling feeling nature can change the way we treat nature. So that's what I focus more on, on now. Adding senses that allow us to reveal nature, and then this can have consequences, social consequences, uh, in the future. But I don't focus so much on on them because in they w- they will be doing other things in the future that we can't imagine. We have no way of imagining what the future people will be doing. It's it doesn't make sense to think what they might be doing because they will be in a different reality. So I think what we, we need to focus on now and now is I think we need to reconnect to, with nature and try to find ways of adapting ourselves to nature and to the earth in in ways that we've never thought of. Like maybe one way would be like trying to find ways of adding night vision, maybe genetically or cybernetically, adding night vision so that we don't need to spend energy creating artificial light or adding ways of thermoregulating ourselves. So these are small examples, but I think that's what I focus more. And then I don't know, it has ethical issues, I guess. Is it ethical or not? Then that's something that if, it depends on where you are some people might find it ethical or others won't and um but i, I don't think it's um i don't know I'm, I'm lost now sorry i'm tired
1: no that's great. that's good i guess yeah i i just as you're speaking i thought of what if we could give someone or give us all uh, physical sensation of uh, global carbon dioxide levels that would be uh, pretty powerful
0: yeah there's one at the cyber Foundation a boy he created um, a sense here and then he feels the air quality so he can feel very specifically the the quality of the air for example so this allows him to feel um, air quality levels, so you can feel pollution. Uh, there's also, my, I mean, sensing ultraviolet with the antenna also allows me to know if it's, if the ultraviolet levels are up or low, and this is sometimes also connected to, to the ozone.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if we just turn that into a, a sense of, of excruciating pain and force all politicians to to get that uh implanted when they go into office i think we would have uh some very creative solutions to to global warming very quickly
0: yeah knowing that there's global warming is different from feeling it and having new senses allows might allow us to feel nature in a deeper way and this might allow us to also change faster yeah
1: definitely definitely I know, I know we're, we're over time. Um, I just want to ask one more question for the mind and that's if you've experimented at all with receiving, uh, other people's perceptions. So like having, so, uh, you know, someone can send you a a message from their, their phone or an an image from their phone, but have, have you or, or anyone in your community experimented with sort of sharing sensations, sharing emotions so that. You know, you can directly feel what someone else is feeling in any way.
0: Well, we've created an organ that is connected to two people at the same time. So then what the organ senses, both people sense it. So that's a way of sharing a a sense that we know has the same origin. Because we don't... You, we can't really know if two people are sensing the same if they have different organs, but if they share the same organ, then they can, we know that at least the origin of the stimuli is exactly the same, but we haven't done anything else. Most of the things are just basically sensing external elements like Moon Rivas sensing earthquakes, Manel de Agua sensing the climate. Um, Joe Degnes sensing 360 degree, um, Kyle sensing cosmic rays. Um, this, um, boy other, the Alex sensing the pollution, these implants sensing the magnetic north, uh, all of them are based on revealing elements that surround us that we've never been able to sense with our own bodies.
1: And it, uh, I guess do you do you have anything else you you want to add? Anything you didn't cover?
0: No, I think. Sorry, my answers are a bit slow, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to add it a bit. I think I'm going to have to.
1: There's been a, a whole lot of background noise <laughs> on my part, um, but no, I, I I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your thoughtfulness. And uh, okay. yeah, I think you're you're doing some some amazing stuff. You're really pushing pushing the limits for all of us in a in a really interesting way so thank you for that thank you